mean, that's 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 as good as I can kick it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Was it? Let's see if I like. I love how we, we. You know what? Always be learning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh yeah, I think we had sound and everything. Look at this. Come on, man. Come that's on. That's how man. we do it. That's how we do it. So uh, yes, we are here. And um, should we get into some questions? Oh well, no, we got to do our uh, segments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do have to do our practice check-in. What have you been working on this week? Yeah, so um, interesting. I was working on, I think you got, well, no, you didn't get to hear a little bit of it, but I was working on a little bit of classical. I heard. I had I a little heard, bit yeah. of a, um, a little, not a pressure situation, but um, a little down to the wire. I was given an assignment to do an accompaniment yeah. um, on a Bartok Romanian folk dances. Bartok, Bela Bartok, great Hungarian composer, but these are Romanian. Anyway, Um Violin. Well, he did several different arrangements of them, and I remember years ago, I think, doing the piano arrangements because it seems so familiar. But my son needed to do kind of an audition recording and asked me to accompany him on on piano while he's playing violin. Um, and I was like, sure, that'll be so good. And we actually just recorded it today. So the last few days, I've been practicing that, trying to get that up. It's it's uh, it's always interesting to go back and reading stuff where it's like, is it like riding a bike or not? It kind of is. It's was sort of coming back. So by the time we went into record, it was starting to come back. But then. I was just trying to practice on like trying to make it musical. You know, it's like I always think about those portions when you practice and we talk about this in improvising, like practicing on all the skills you need to be able to improvise versus like how do you practice being a creative soul in front of your instrument, you know? So I think with the classical stuff and especially when you're accompanying someone and you have to kind of connect through the music, it becomes a matter of, you know, like now I know the music how do I bring it to life? How do I play it in a musical way? How do I connect with the spirit of Bartok and the yeah. Romanian folk songs and things like that? But I didn't have the music memorized. I'm still reading it. I mean, I barely can get yeah. through it. And it's it's really funny because I'm putting all these, like Daniel, my son was laughing because I put these chord symbols, not everywhere, but like places where I'm not sure. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like B minor. And he's like, why do you put, I was like, just so that I don't have to think about the accidental, yeah. just to confirm I've, it. Uh, yeah, me. I've already trained what B minor is to me. So <laughs> yeah. I don't need to see Bela Bartok's B minor here. I'm just going to trust that the top note is the same. I do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just kind of confirms and then you see it and, you know. So yeah, I did, so last few days, quite a bit of classical stuff. And then I did a couple extra solo piano uh, stream things. So I was very much solo piano kind of thinking and yeah so that was it what about you practice Uh, I've been working a lot on what we've been working on in the daily guide of practice session which is so we were doing so what last week you ever heard of it so what (laughs) so there's this this uh, keyser technique from his course keys to jazz piano here which is the first time I saw this technique where you go through essentially the John Williams (laughs) <laughs> like you move through major thirds superimposing yeah. these this is how to take it out over one chord so in in tunes like so what where you just have one chord for a long time what do you do when you want to take it out like going up a half step isn't really good because the bridge already kind of does that for you you might confuse the bass player that kind of thing right. Well, Kieser has this great way of going through major thirds, which is, again, that John Williams sound, you know. <laughs> right? right? So you can superimpose that. So I've been I working. Feel like a dinosaur is chasing me down right now, man. Totally. I've been working. <laughs> you caught that, yeah. Or Darth Vader. I've been working on, first of all, fourth voicings with this, right? So if I want to go from D minor down a major third and superimpose B flat minor, mm-hmm. right, over the D minor. 
what's the closest fourth voicings? Up, right? So I was really working on, right? D minor, B flat minor, F sharp minor, which is just a half step down. Right? So you can, if you add the bass note to it. That's not that powerful. you need that, but it is very powerful. And then when you solo, you can keep it very simple. You can just do one if you want. It's a really great way to get that kind of going out sound without um without just like randomly going out it's it's there's some structure to it which i find helps me in the going out and coming back in yeah yeah absolutely i think that that's always you know um taking it out is such an interesting thing and we get so many questions and it's been going like i've been thinking about it since i first kind of heard recordings where I didn't even know I you know I heard that sound mm. and I was like it's kind of like you see a color before you know what the name of that color is you're like wow that's cool you know what is this here this uh boom this kind of light blue whatever mm. teal you know someone's like that's teal oh wow but you identify what it is so it's like taking it out going out and all the many different things that that can mean you we have like a lifetime to explore ways that we hear somebody else do it ways we hear it on a recording ways that we might want to explore and so it never should be it's definitely an area for like growth mentality because it's it's such a broad concept which is what makes it great you know but there's it's never like oh i've mastered take playing out i know the 17 secret scroll ways to take it out no you might create the ultimate way that's just for you like a lot of times we think everything's been played because people like me and you say everything's been played and yeah. it has yeah, yeah. so this is a little confusing yeah, yeah but not not all concepts have been sort of you know actualized by you in your own unique way as part of your story that's never been done before yeah, and you can pick whatever you want out of that too you don't have to like take everybody's everything right you right. take the parts that you uh, are drawn to that speak to you and right. then you can kind of turn them into your own thing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. And so taking it out is, is one of those broad areas that we can, we can always be, always be exploring. For sure. So fitness and diet check-in. Yes. Maybe my favorite part of the show. What do you got? <laughs> um, okay. So I'm coming up on, and I saw Joe here. He was just saying, uh, cause this is topical as well. He's on a similar trajectory hurling him toward himself towards a half marathon this weekend as am i nice um so we might end up in hospital beds next to each other this is your fifth half marathon is that true it is my uh yes fifth is that right yeah fifth um thank you joe good luck for yours as well um yeah so i'm kind of in the taper mode uh with with coach ian in terms of uh yesterday like so last week i did the longest run i've ever done in my life so that Mm. was very exciting Coach Ian happened to be in town, so we did it on the Katy Trail, 14 miles. And I've done half marathons, which, of course, are 13.1. But uh, he took me on a little bit of a challenge of 14. So that felt good, got that done. And, um, oh, somebody was asking who was number one and number two. So Adam was number one and I was number two. Sorry, we should have said that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I did that, and it's been kind of tapering. I did a workout on Saturday 
the kind of difficult four by eight minute one, but we got that one in the bag, hit my numbers on that. And so for the rest of the week, I'm running, I'm taking off today and then running each day, but kind of less and less. And then Sunday, half marathon. Uh, you know, real, in person. Although that is subject to change, apparently. The city has provisionally approved this to be done. But if it's not done, I'm going to do it virtually on my own at Forest Park. No, so by virtually, that means that you, like, can, you're hanging with other people. You're running with other people, but in different places. No, no, it means you stay home and you do it like a video game. You have a oh, track I can do that. and you run around. I've been training for <laughs> you do that it my from whole your life. Couch. I've been training for that my whole life. <laughs> no, no, virtual just means you can do it anytime you want, wherever you want, Got basically. You and know. just check in with your times. Yeah. Cool. But uh, supposedly this is going to be happening in person, so we'll see. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that would be cool. Yeah. I'm, uh, so you mentioned Coach Ian there. Like, I'm, 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 was lucky enough to meet Ian, uh, oh, that's right. What he came on Thursday. We got some coffee. We we're talking about yep. some very exciting things to, to happen, uh, at Open Studio. Uh, he's a, a mindfulness coach as well as a running coach. He's both, really. Yeah. And, uh, so he hit me to some, some pretty good reading for my mindfulness. So again, that's what I've been focusing on just getting deeper into it, longer sits, that kind of thing. It's been hey, fun, man. It's been great. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Do, uh, don't mind me. Oh, okay, that was that was, was that a, joke. a mindfulness with the mind. joke? Yeah, it's really bad. Wow. Okay, we will remind you that you can email us at yhi at openstudiojazz.com if you'd like to ask a question, or you can just do it here like you have. You can also call in, and I was just checking, nobody has called us and left us a voicemail. Thank what God. up with that? Thank God. What up with that? Isn't oh, that an SNL uh, sketch? What, what up? up with that? 314-282-6437. Why are you so anti-voicemail? It's so funny. Like We're sitting here <laughs> streaming to YouTube. You can literally put it up. Put the, put the new gadget up on screen. You can literally see what chord I'm playing. <laughs> right complicated and you're like call us on our landline phone number actually it's not a well is it a land no it's it not might be we don't know um maybe i'm missing maybe i'm not in the right area i don't think if drop a comment if you left a voicemail or otherwise call just you know call us 314-282-6437 that's 314-282-6437 um should we get to some questions let's get to some questions way okay. up at the top Yao are you Ming, recording i am recording okay Way up at the top, Yao Ming Hui. Yeah. Uh, how can one approach practicing improv over minor two fives, e.g. using harmonic melodic minor scales and other options? So what's up, Yao Ming? You're uh, definitely an open studio regular. So the way that I like to approach it from the start with with uh, beginner players, and if this is like, if you want the 101 version of what's a minor two, five, one, let's do it in the key of C, right? So we have D half diminished or D minor seven flat five to G7, either G7 altered or G7 uh, sharp nine flat 13. No, we'll say G7 flat nine sharp nine flat 13, just to be accurate as heel. That's what it says. Perfect. There you go. Well, we can even add. Right, two C minor six nine, right? That's our that's our minor two five one, right? So it's in the key of C minor two five one. So what do we play over that? So I like to think about this D minor seven, uh, or sorry, D minor seven flat five. This D half diminished. The, the kind of starting point for this, I think, after years of teaching this, might be F minor over D. And I might start about think start start thinking about this as like an F Dorian sound or a D Locrian sound. Oh, 
over the D, right? Now there's going to be prettier notes than than others. But I think this is a good starting point. Because if you think about it, it's like a two going to the relative major of C minor, right? Right? Two five to E flat is F minor seven, B flat seven, E flat. Two five to C minor, it's relative minor is F minor over D to G seven. And I've heard uh, that bebop musicians used to think about, they didn't have half diminished. They just thought about it as F minor sixth over D. Right. Okay, so let's say Locrian then over that D half diminished or F Dorian. Over the G7, uh, G7, flat nine, sharp nine, sharp five here, but I would say flat 13. Yep. Um, there's a couple ways. You could go C harmonic minor starting on G, which sounds great. I actually like one additional note to make this an octatonic scale add that sharp nine in there because now you have all these great you can still get this sound right yeah but it's not an altered situation an altered situation might be a little more advanced for a beginner it's fine but it's but like that D flat, unless you really know what you're doing, you're not gonna be able to make great sounding melodies with that D flat in there. Like get used to making good sounding melodies. And with our harmonic minor or what we call the secret harmonic minor with that X added B flat, you can still have that D, you can have the C, right? Yeah. Like the alter, the G alter doesn't have a C in it. We're in the key of C. <laughs> you right. know, so like it's nice to have. So we're, we're really nerding out here, Yao Ming. Sorry. And then one more, C minor, 6, 9. That's for me. That's all melodic minor. And I used to say all ascending, but yeah. the older I get and the more Herbie I listen to, the more I realize that you can actually do the way that's taught in classical theory, which is melodic minor ascending, natural descending. Listen to that. Even yeah. if I have a, a natural 6 in the chord... Right, because you're passing through. You're passing you're through. Passing through town. So you can go up C, D, E flat, F, G, A, natural six, B, natural seven. Yep. And go back down C, B flat, right? Flat seven, A flat, flat six. I think getting used to these sort of things and thinking about this melodically and not so square, put the numbers in the box kind of way <laughs> is the way to go on this. Awesome. Well, you know what? I have nothing to add because that was an exhaustive and encyclopedic sorry i've been thinking about this no, a no, while it was, it was awesome man that's that's so cool we're gonna get some more questions so we've got jared who says what's up jared jared mcqueen any relation to steve steve mcqueen perhaps um what are some tips for getting more fluent in your weakest keys okay um so you're not going to want to hear this perhaps some of you but the only way to do this this is like how do you become a more patient person. You have to be patient. Yeah, You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, you have to practice your weak keys. You need to be um, thinking about this almost like your hands. You have a dominant hand. What do they call a dominant hand, a non-dominant hand? Yeah. You know, right and your left, whatever. But as pianists, or perhaps if you're a MLB pitcher, 
do they still have switch? What do they call them? Switch? No. Well, they switch have switch hitters. hitters. Do they have switch pitchers? There, there is one or two major league pitchers that can pitch with either hand. Okay. Which is crazy. But when they go with the one, are they like, eh. No. No, they're not. They're like okay. equally good. So yeah. that's the way we want to be with the keys. It's the same kind of mentality. So I don't think that people that are switch hitters or that can pitch with two hands, they still have a dominant hand that they're born with, I would assume. Is that correct? We don't know. Some people do. So, okay. I, yeah. There's actually a term for this because I, I am a little bit this. I don't know if you knew this about me. No. But I play golf right-handed. I play tennis left-handed. I play... Do you play any sports? I do play sports. <laughs> no, I write left-handed, but I throw a baseball with my right hand. I yeah. do things with both sides. You're amb- ambidextrous. It's not ambidextrous because I can't do everything with both. Okay. But I do some things right, some things what left. What do you eat with? Left. Left. Wow. Yeah. But I throw with That's my right. That's bad manners, my friend. <laughs> I know. Yeah, if this was the 18th century, they'd break my left hand. So, um, okay, well, regardless, the idea is that we want to get as close to that with the keys. And so it's very much a function of like what you're practicing. So you need to get methodical about your weakest keys. You need to For first sure. make a list of those, even if that's a mental list, if that's some post-it notes, whatever. And you got to be concentrating on those weak keys. And you have to say this week, no pun intended, hmm. I'm going to practice. That's a good pun. That was pretty good. Um, we, You're going to practice perhaps exclusively, if not exclusively, let's go 80, 90%. Can we do that? Yeah. Um, so you're spending much more time. You're trying to make up. It's like if you're in the gym all the time and you're only working your one bicep, you're going to look weird. You're, mm. you're going to look like a weird dude because you're you're going to be muscular and weak looking. So Rafael we have Nadal, to, he's got that left arm. Does he really? Because yeah. he's, he's a lefty, Lefty, right? yeah. It's just huge. And his other arm's just a little baby. <laughs> um, I bet if Rafael walked in here, you wouldn't say that to him. Yeah, he would kick my ass. Right? <laughs> but so it's really just a matter of like, you know, practicing on these weak keys. And so you're going to want to start with stuff that you know really well. You're going to want to start with your blues. You're going to start with tunes that you know so well you don't have to think about the form. You certainly don't have to read them. And then you're going to have to force yourself into those uncomfortable keys. And I think it's really important to go to the most uncomfortable ones. So if you're playing a tune, um, like let's name a tune, Adam. Give me a tune. Stella That's by Starlight. Stella by Starlight. Okay, so B flat typically, right? Yep. So now I'm going to practice this in another key. I know it in B flat, but uh-huh. I'm not going to go to like E flat or F or something else that's going to be relatively easy. Like I'm thinking about what is the most, I'm going to go backwards from the most uncomfortable. And then there's only 12 keys and I already know one at least. Yeah. So I'm going to go to the most comfortable and work my way back from that. The reason being, as it becomes more comfortable. The most uncomfortable, you mean? I mean the most uncomfortable, yeah, right? Sorry, the worst You're going to end up spending more time practicing on that one it's kind of like if you're looking and this is something i learned from practicing classical music or any kind of written music everybody wants to learn from the beginning to the end yeah but if you do that every time you come to practice you're going to start the beginning and play through and like okay you've learned the first page so then the next day you're working on the second page but what do you do you go play the first page and then you get to the second page then you work on that and then the third day you're going to work on the third page start the beginning you know that then you get to the third page then you work on that so cumulatively you end up spending much more time on those first two pages than the third page typically that's not the hardest part or the even the part that requires the most work so what i was taught to do and i didn't always do this but when i did it was to great benefit in my development was to to look at a piece of classical music first and say what is the most difficult part Mm. go directly and learn that part first 
Yeah. Don't start at the beginning of it because you got to learn it all at some point, but you're going to need to spend more time on the most difficult parts. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. And so in terms of the keys, same thing. So we want to be spending, we've spent so much time on the one key that, that that's the easiest. And we're like, okay, the other ones are my weak keys. Yeah, of course, because that's the muscle that you did. Yeah. So I would do more like, well, I'm curious to see which key you're going to pick as the hardest one to start at. Well, they're all, no, I mean, they're all pretty so easy. They're all, no, they're not, but I mean, so I would say G flat. I was that would say, probably for me, it would be E or G flat. Okay, so if we do, which one you want to do? Do G flat. G flat. Yeah, okay, yeah. so so I'm practicing on just that, you know, until and it sounds beautiful in G flat. It does. That's the other thing you get to, you know. Ooh. Now this tune I know really well. Yeah, so put up your put up your key thing while you're doing. Oh, that. key. Got gotcha, your got gotcha. your awesome. But it's thing. gonna be like you know. Oh wait, what am I? It's getting. Does this thing do it right if I don't play a root? No. No, it needs the root. Come on, G flat is gorgeous for Stella. Why are we playing it in B flat? Exactly. Stupid. Oh, I should take off the uh, comment here. So that was man, that's so great, dude. But yeah, so the idea is that you're gonna go in and practice the key, and it's gonna be hard. Like if you take a tune that you don't know that well. Well, first of all, you want to take a tune that you know, but you're not gonna know it in these other keys. But so I would start with that. I would go G flat, and then the next day I would practice D flat. And I'm talking about only. Okay, maybe a little bit at the end, go back to the original key. But you're only practicing. Then I would go D flat, and then I would go, just keep going in the circle of fifths. Hmm. You know? Or you could go up chromatically. I mean, you can do it however you want, but you want to be hitting those keys. And then, so if it takes you one day to kind of get G flat, or let's say two days, and then you move on to the next one, review that before you start. And yeah. then you review each of the ones, just play one chord. So then you're building up, spending more time on those weaker keys. Pretty soon, they're not going to be weak keys anymore. Because yeah. the thing about it is technically on the piano, and every instrument has specific things that make different keys and, and sp specific compositions easier or harder. But from a technical standpoint, G flat is actually kind of an easy key on the piano. Like, to be able to execute things, C is sort of the hardest in a C way. C is the worst, keys, yeah. Right? You so, know what's worse is, is having to play something blazing speed in the key of C is It's very horrible. Hard, right. So although Stella's going to seem, until you get some experience with it, a little difficult in G flat, once you start to do, you're going to be able to find things that you can do that you normally can't do. So that's an exciting. And then, Jared, I think really you're asking this question is such a good sign. I... When people say, like, what are some, you know, are there any shortcuts to becoming a better musician? There are no shortcuts. Yes, there, but the, I mean, no, there are. Sorry. Well, but, but if you want the shortest route to being a better musician, especially pianist, practice the hard keys. Get right. familiar with all 12 keys. A lot of people put that off. They put off transcribing. Yep. They put off all the hard stuff that makes you actually better. Yep. When you're going to have to, you're going to have to peel that Band-Aid off. You have to do it. Go, go for it early and you will be better faster. Yeah, and I would just add that, you know, there there's no shortcuts, but there are, this is like in more of an efficiency thing. So like, you're going to take the amount of time that you would spend learning. This is sort of the quickest way to get to the point of like, not really having weak keys, at least over particular tunes, and then it starts to snowball at a certain point. This is the most efficient and quickest way to get there. You never want to rush these things because the process, you don't want to over-optimize your practice because the struggle 
is where the joy and the development and the real movement in your creativity occurs. So it's like we would never want to like, like for instance, what would be the most efficient way to practice if you're somebody who's very rich? Pay somebody else to practice for you, right? Sure. (laughs) But that's not going to not, I mean, like you're getting the practice done, but so in other words, we want to find that sweet spot where we're efficiently practicing. And that's basically just not spending too much time doing stuff that you know already. Yeah. 